0: As I said earlier, it makes you grateful for what we have when we're able to gather like this. And looking around, I am grateful to be a part of this church. And as I look at the different faces, I see people that have gone through difficult circumstances, sad, tragic circumstances, and have chosen hope and have seen God through the valley and through the darkness, and have chosen to walk through it as a family. And I am so blessed, and I mean that word to its definition. I am so grateful and humble to be a part of this body. And so today, a day that looks a little bit differently where we are here gathered in this living room, but we're also live streaming to a lot of living rooms. It's just good to be together. And what I want you to know is that from this stage, every Sunday, no matter what, we are going to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are going to point to the hope that we have in Jesus because we as his church need to be that. See, when when chaos happens, it reveals character it reveals what's within in some of us I know are on this side of the spectrum they're like this is nothing we've you know gone through this before Wanda you're here MF you're here you know we did, we got no worries and then on this side I know that there are folks that that are scared that are there's a lot of uncertainty there's a lot of unknown and this is a safe place where we can come because it is here that we open up this book and we see hope there are There's a lot of websites, information. There's a lot of content out there with a lot of stuff. Good stuff, accurate stuff, bad stuff. Information is power. And what we have here, the information that we have is the most powerful information we need. And that does not change. Even though things may change today, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. This don't change. We can look to this and find hope no matter what may be going on around us. And so I want to just quickly go through the three things, three steps that we're taking as a church in this time where we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know what next Sunday will be like, but we are going to pray. That's the first thing. We live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. We are going to call upon our God and ask him to bless us with whatever we need, with wisdom, with a a, a power to know what to do, no matter what circumstances are. So the first one is pray we're going to pray the second one is we're going to prepare so we are prepared here we have hand sanitizers we went to the kids building and you know cleaned it and we will clean it after this service but we're going to prepare to gather as long as we are allowed to so unless you hear otherwise come Let's continue to gather. And if you don't feel well, or if you don't feel like, you know, the Holy Spirit's telling you to come, you know, we have the live stream set up. Thanks to Taylor Christensen. Give it up for Taylor. And let me tell you something, not only him, but we are blessed with an amazing team at Cypress Creek Church that made a lot of things happen pretty fast. We have an awesome team. What about the worship? What about the amazing opportunity to come and be filled and and, and, and say, God, hallelujah, be praised through all of this. So let's give it up for our worship team, Pastor Ben and, and the team. We're going to prepare to be here. We're also going to prepare, if we are only live streams, then we're still going to have a hope-filled, gospel-centered message. Because that's, and that's, the, that's the content that's not given to us out there, is it? We're not going to get hope. We're going to get fear, even if it's good information. A lot of it ends up provoking fear. And we are going to preach Hope. So we're going to prepare to do that. We're also going to prepare to meet needs, and we're going to prepare to respond when those needs come. And so I've been in touch with Ken Strange, our very own Ken Strange, who is amazing. He was here first service. Uh, we've been in touch with a Hayes County, I'm going to get this right, epidemiologist. How did I do? Yeah. Pretty good, huh? And so, you know, we're, we're, we're touching base with him. He said, hey, you Continue, continue to meet, it's okay. And so we're in touch with the people that have the right information. And once needs arise, we as a church need to respond to those needs. And this church family is not foreign to do that. 2015, when the flood hit, we rose up, needs came in this church building, this church property. Anybody remember that? It became like Walmart overnight. And and we did have toilet paper, and we did have Clorox wipes, and we did have all of those things. And we may have some stuff stocked up, I'm just saying, uh, just in case. So the point is, this needs to be a church, a place where when needs come, we respond. But you know, we also need to respond wisely. And so we need God's wisdom to do so as things change. You know, we got the social distancing thing. That's good. But I think that this time is a time, yes, of social distancing, but also for spiritual deepening and spiritual awakening in our lives and in the lives of those around us in our cities uh, with our neighbors. It is a time where we're going to be home. We're going to be home more. Why don't we go spiritually deep? Why don't we actually look to this rather than all of that? And what if we actually bring hope to our neighbors and awaken them spiritually and say, this is what the body of Christ does. It responds in times of need. And so those are the three things that we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to pray like crazy. Pastor Rhonda is incredible. PMT is going to be praying around the clock. If you have prayer requests as they come, just know that we're still praying. You pray in your homes, and we're going to continue to pray throughout this season. We're going to prepare, and we're going to respond. And today, I have three solid, powerful truths that I want us to look at so that no matter what comes our way we remember who God is and we remember his unchangeable truths that as believers as followers of Jesus Christ there's no denying there's no denying we can hold on to these we can memorize these so that we can go and be his light in this season let's pray before we jump in father we thank you for your word We thank you for your word that that is true. It was yesterday, it is today, and it will be tomorrow. And it's true for every person, Lord. And it it is your not only instruction to us, but it is a testament of your love for us. And I pray, God, as we open it up, that you would bring about uh, open hearts in this place and in every living room that's watching online. Father, I pray that you would show us who you are and what you want to do through us. I acknowledge your presence here, Holy Spirit, and so speak your words in Jesus' name. Amen. Yesterday, I was mowing the lawn, and my son Ezra, he's, he's one. He was, you know, every time I I'm, I'm crank up that thing and here's a Immediately he goes. He gets all scared because it's loud and loud things are scary when you're one. And immediately I look at him and I've learned. I've learned. I didn't do this with my other three, but I'm doing it with my fourth. I learned to just look at him and just smile. You know, as he's afraid, he goes, oh, dad, you know, something's going to explode. I just look at him and smile. And immediately he goes. And everything's okay." Can we do that as a church through this? it's going to be okay. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. Anybody that really thinks that they know is not, telling the whole truth. We may know some things, but we don't know all things. And for some of us, it's hard to live when you don't know. Some of us thrive in insecurity and thrive in the chaos. Some of us, you know, are like, oh, I don't know. I want to tell you a quick story before we go in. Uh, but the first time I went skydiving, I remember uh, we, you know, went up and actually when we were uh, taking off, I went with a college buddy and it was the first time that he's ever been on a an airplane, and he was jumping out of that thing, and we, so we were going up, and while I was like, you know, I really wasn't like this, but in my mind, I was like, uh, uh, I'm about to jump out of an airplane, he was like, oh my gosh, we're flying, we're flying, you know? So anyway, door opens, there's an older man, I asked him earlier, he was fulfilling his bucket list, an item on his bucket list, and um, he, he was, you know, holding onto the guardrails, he was the first one to go, I was the second one. Door opens, he's looking down, 10,000 feet, holding on to the handlebar, and all I see is this. <laughs> and the guy that's attached to his back, he's whispering something in his ear and he goes, And so he tries again and whispers something in his ears and he goes, and puts his hands down and they go down. So I have an awesome experience. If you've never been skydiving, do it if you have life insurance. Although I think uh, there's an exemption there. Anyway, on on my way down, great experience. I did it again because I loved it so much. Uh, And I didn't go swimming with sharks in South Africa because I was on a college student's budget. That's the only thing that kept me from from doing that. So I asked the guy in the back, I said, What'd you tell that that man? And he said, sir, if you put your hands down, we'll go back inside of the airplane. (laughs) I'm just glad he he, he lived to check that item off of his bucket list. I, I tell you that story because fear, fear is around us. It just is. And sometimes all we need is somebody he see, he wasn't telling a lie. Well, he did tell a lie. But bottom line, he he he, he had written the, the the when you go skydiving, you ride on, you sign, and you say, "I'm not going to go back in. You have to go back down because it's actually safer to jump out of an airplane with a parachute than land in one of those planes that doesn't have seats. It just as anyway, that's more information than you asked for. But fear is here, and sometimes all we need to do is say, "Lord, you're behind me. You're with me. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to take." Leap. So, three truths that, that we can hold on to, and we know that God is with us, God is for us, and God will see us through this time. The first one is God is a God of hope, and so He gives us hope over fear. We need to choose hope over the fear. The Bible is not. Uh, The Bible knows about fear. There's a bunch of stories in the Bible. Many times in the Old Testament, God says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not fear, do not fear. 82 times in the New Testament, it says, it talks about fear. One of which is 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Paul talking to Timothy says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave you a spirit, not a fear, but of power and love and self-control. So the spirit that God's given to us as believers in Jesus Christ is not one of fear, it is one of power, love, and self-control. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. And we have to remind ourselves of that. And we need to hold on to that because we have hope in Jesus. Matthew 10, 28 says, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Aren't you glad you came this morning? (laughs) But there's something here that we need to understand as followers of Jesus Christ, this life ain't it. It's not it. It's not the end. We look forward to eternity in heaven with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. With, 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 with a reunion of the saints. Hello, that's awesome. And so what it's saying is, is fear is misplaced when, when, we, when, we, when we have it with the things down here. But when we fear God. See, 82 times in the New Testament, It talks about fear. Most of those times are talking about this fear of God. And what that fear of God really is, it's just a reverence. It's just an awe of who he is. The king of kings, the creator of heaven and earth, the one whom holds all things together, the one who is fully in control, that God is with us here today. That God became man through Jesus and showed us how to live fully human. You know, he he was the perfect example, but not only was he the perfect example of what it is to live, he was also the perfect sacrifice so that we could be united with God. And so when I think about those things and I repeat it and I read it, yeah, that all comes. That reverence comes. And that is that holy fear, holy reverence that keeps our hope in God through these times because God is in control. That's the first one, hope over fear. The second one is sacrifice over selfishness. I can go on and on and show you a million memes and things about the empty shelves and about the stockpiling of toilet paper and you've seen it all, but I'm gonna show you one meme because I think this one's really funny says, coronavirus scare makes people buy uh, out toilet paper in California. I buy ammo because I'm coming after your toilet paper, Texas. (laughs) There's a lot of selfishness. There's a lot of selfishness. There's a lot of fear, and fear provokes selfishness because fear says, nobody's with me. I have to stand up for myself. I have to fight, otherwise I'm not gonna go. See, it's actually a rational thought this whole stockpiling thing. But when you have hope in Jesus Christ and you know that he's fully in control, then yeah, we can be wise, but we can also choose sacrifice. God, after all, again, was the perfect sacrifice. He teaches us how to live sacrificially. And uh, in Hebrews 13, 15, and 16, he says, Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name, and don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. This is where we get the let's Go. We've been in this Let's Go series. Alex, you know, if you don't mind putting on that Micah verse, I skipped it over. That was supposed to be at the beginning, but I'm rolling. So we're in Micah 4.2. Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of uh, Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. This has been the series that we've been. And I just think it's providential that now is the time for us to go. And the next verse was Acts 1:8, you you us, his church will be my witnesses, my representatives in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Into our families, into our workplaces, our community, our city, into the ends of the earth. So the message for this Sunday providentially was about this Loving your neighbor, this sacrificial act of thinking about others before we think about ourselves. And it is an important message that we need to hold on to as a church. As everybody else is being selfish, we need to be the ones to point to the God of sacrifice and say, hey, neighbor, what do you need? See, we don't need to teach kids how to be selfish. You don't need to teach a kid that. I've had four. And my two-year-old yesterday, when we were out with some friends, he was playing with some, some other kid's you know, truck and they were fighting over it because that kid, which was bigger, was like, hey, that's my truck. I'm like, you go ahead and teach Samuel, our two-year-old. like, you know, Tell him, don't take your stuff, you know? Because Samuel's Rrr. And so he was playing with the truck and, and then he lent Samuel the truck and out comes Ezra and I have this, this was literally right then when it was happening, I have this picture of Ezra walking up and he just wanted to play with his brother. Look at that face. He was like, I won't play. And so Samuel said, no, I'm playing. And Ezra was like, oh man, not really, he cried. And then Samuel said, uh, we teach our kids to kind of repeat and utter you know, the things that they're supposed to say. So at least they're repeating it. And so we say, hey, Samuel, tell Ezra, you're my best friend. You're my best friend, Ezra. Say, Ezra, I'm gonna play with you. Ezra, I'm gonna... No, I'm not going to play with you. (laughs) I'm not going to share. I'm like, ugh. Well, the story is a pretty cool story because the kid who owned the truck actually gave the truck to Samuel. He really did. His mom did because he was getting too old for the truck. But that was a great example of how to sacrifice. Older brother, he was a bit too old. Eight or nine, he was not having it. He really wanted that truck. So he was upset at his mom. But that's beyond uh, the point of the story. I want to look at this Uh, parable, parable of the good Samaritan, this story of the good Samaritan. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 10 through 72, Luke chapter 10, sorry, Luke chapter 10 verses 25 through 37 in Jesus. in Luke chapter 10 does some amazing things. He sends out the 72. He's telling people to go door to door to find people of peace. And whenever peace is upon that house, Jesus says "Hey, stay there. The disciples do some amazing things in the name of Jesus. Cast out demons, heal the sick. and, And then Jesus says, hey, yeah, it's pretty cool that you do that. But it's even cooler that your name is written in the book of life. And right after that, it says this. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? Now, It's just cool when Jesus points back to the Bible. See, the law of Moses was the Torah, and that was Jesus's Bible. And I just want to insert this because we have an amazing opportunity to go deeper spiritually this season. This is a season where I really do believe is one of spiritual deepening and spiritual awakening for ourselves in our city. And we do that by reading his word. And so Pastor Bob Moss, he's our pastor of spiritual formation. That dude has memorized so much of scripture, and he uses the navigators uh, topical memory index to do it, or system, to do it. And, and um, I, I didn't know about the navigators, I've been looking in and them, and I just want to share a couple of stats. When it comes to reading God's Word, check this out. When we hear God's word, we only retain When we read God's word, we retain 15%. When we study God's word, we retain 35%. When we memorize God's word, 100% if we review it. And when we meditate on God's word, we become transformed into the likeness of Jesus. What a great season, just as Jesus is saying, what does the law of Moses say? For us to say, what does the Bible say? And for us to actually go deep and for, for us to actually go into what he is telling us that'll never change. One thing I just want to add in the prepare, not only are we going to uh, share a message from the stage every Sunday, no matter what happens, we're also going to start a daily devotional as a church. And so if you want to do that, there is a website that our amazing team has put together. Ready? Signup.com. And every day, if you sign up for it, you will receive a daily uh, um, devotional. So that we have spiritual content interfering with all of the other content. And in fact, overcoming all of that with God's truth. Verse 27, the man answered, you must love, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion. It's a good word, compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, which is about two days wages, 400 bucks or so today, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. We have information about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We know a lot of what the Bible says. In this Let's Go series, it's about go in being the representative of Jesus Christ in all of these different phases of our life. And it is now Go time specifically with our neighbors. A couple of things that I want to use uh, to tell us about this passage. One is that the Samaritans, this is a big deal. It says despised Samaritans, because back then Samaritans and Jews did not get along. There, there, were, there were different beliefs, different politics, different races. There is so much conflict between Samaritans. And so it's ironic that Jesus would use the Samaritan to point out how we are called to love our neighbor. And uh, I think sometimes we, we get stuck on loving others because we don't accept the things that they accept or we don't accept the way that they live. But I think there's a difference between loving and accepting. And sometimes we get caught up on that. We're called to love everybody. We're called to say, hey, Jesus loved me as I am. If he loved me, he'll definitely love you. But we don't, have to, we don't have to accept what other people, how other people live or how other people you know, act in order to love them. And that's, I think, the point that Jesus is saying. He's saying, I want my people to be a blessing in, uh, in their communities. I want my people to bless, to love. And that word, bless, literally means pronounce, pronouncing God's favor upon a person or over a group of people. And so what we are saying is, hey, God loves you. Hey, God is with you. God sees you. God likes you. And it is that that transforms us. It is that that changes us as we continue to say yes. We say yes to Jesus Christ and we continue Through then, so as people are choosing selfishness, church, let's be sacrificial, let's sacrifice. I would encourage you to knock on your neighbor's door and say, hey, if you need anything, just let me know. And imagine if everybody in this church did that in our community, we would be able to impact a lot of people. And I think that was the point of Jesus. If everybody loves their neighbor, if everybody loves the person closest to them, then this world would be a much better place. And so it's time now to scatter. It's time now to go. If we're quarantined in our home, then maybe we may not go other places, but we can go to our neighbor's house, knock on the door and say, I'm here if you need anything. Matthew 5, verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking to us like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. One of our neighbors, we were uh, walking down our street the other day, and we had a little wagon and a couple of other scooters and stuff for our kids. We're quite a, quite a crew, and we rolled down Wood Creek. It's fun. And uh, a neighbor actually came out with a wagon, and he said, hey, would you guys want this? My grandkids are, are grown now. And and so we took it. We took his wagon, and I thought, man, what a what a cool, that's not a big sacrifice necessarily because he said he didn't need it anymore but the point being is man we need to be more of that type of neighbors I was challenged by that neighbor when he did that and so let's go and be good neighbors so that's the second one sacrifice over selfishness and the third one is huge and that is peace over anxiety peace over anxiety Philippians 4 6 through 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Sometimes the peace of God makes no sense no matter what may be going on around us. I want that kind of peace. Do you? I want that type of peace that people look at me and say, Why is that guy smiling? Why is that guy filled with joy? I can say, I don't know. But my hope is in God. And so I know that that truth is transcendent beyond anything that can hit us this side of heaven. I know that my security is is, is in who Jesus says I am. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. And I'm good. The word, the word that God gave me for this year, remember Mary was talking about she got that word wait last week uh, a few years back. The word that God gave me this year was peace. Now, it hasn't been a very peaceful year. It's been a lot going on. This church has gone through a, a lot of transition and, and some of you have lost your loved ones and, and it seems like things continue to happen and I'm thinking, why God, why is this happening? And yesterday, as I was praying, it just hit me. Yeah, peace doesn't mean everything's good. Peace means that I have right standing with God. That He doesn't call me an enemy. He calls me a son. We are loved. And in the waves and the craziness of whatever may be going on, I'm good with God. And if I'm good with God then I'm good. I'm good. That's the type of peace that we are talking about. John 16, says, I have told you all of this. Now, I want us to think about that. It says, Jesus speaking. He's saying, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Think about everything that Jesus said so that we have peace. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Today we take heart. We take heart knowing that we are known by the Lord of Lords. We take heart that we have been not only forgiven, but now that we've been sent out to say, community, neighbors, what do you need? We can be a blessing to those around us. And no matter what happens, we have we can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. And so as the worship team comes back up, I want us as a church here. And and if you're watching from home, I want us to pause and I want us to ask, how am I doing with hope? How am I doing with sacrifice? And how am I doing with peace? And it's a, it's, a, it's a privilege that we have to be gathered here on Sunday. And so I'm okay to be here a little longer than maybe normal. And so we're going to have a song of reflection. And I want to uh, uh, you know, be wise with social distancing, but I also want us to be able to pray for one another. Amen. And so if you need to pray with someone, community group leaders, PMT folks, pastoral staff will be on the wings. The, the, this area is open. And I want us to, ga- as we gather, I want us to recharge and be filled with his hope. Know that he is the one who sacrificed his life for us. And that now we can have peace in him so that when we scatter and go out, we can be a blessing. We can be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. So feel free to Respond. Feel free to, to, to posture yourself in any way. But know this is the Lord's house. He is here. It's going to be OK. We're going to get through this. And more than anything, he is in control. Let's bow our heads and pray together. We love you, God so much, and we're so grateful. So grateful to be a part of this body called Cypress Creek Church. We're so grateful to be your sons and daughters and that you call us by name, that you are with us, that you will not forsake us, and that you have overcome the world. We put our trust in you, Jesus. I pray that you would strengthen our faith. I pray that you would deepen it in this season. And I pray that this would be a season of spiritual awakening in our city. And I pray that this would be the time where we go, that we we stand as your representatives and that we may proclaim the good news of hope that can only be found in you, Jesus. That we may stand proudly and vulnerably saying we don't have all the answers, we don't have all things figured out. But we know that some things are true and we're holding on to those. I pray that we would spread your good news, your truths as we go about our normal lives. And when we pray for grace to just cover us, God, we pray your grace over our families, families that are here, families that are far away. We we pray for peace that transcends all understanding, God. And we thank you that we can count on you in this life and in the one to come. We praise your name, Jesus, as the name that is above all other names. We say glory be to you, Jesus, you and you alone.